pretty much talk about anything that can help you along your journey through this game that we call life on beautiful planet earth so let's get started hello everybody welcome back to another episode of the earth game podcast so i'm doing something a little different uh, for this episode because november is men's health month and i wanted to talk to one of my really good friends, he's an entrepreneur, his name is Dennis, all about what it means to be a man and be vulnerable and be open with your emotions and many different aspects of mental health, spirituality, personal growth. So enjoy our conversation. Uh, It's very casual and there's a lot of different topics. So if you're listening and something is not resonating, keep listening because we jump around into a lot of different areas. And one last thing, there's a little bit of an echo on my end of the audio, so I would recommend turning your volume down just a little bit, and you should be fine. Let's just get into it. So today I'm joined by one of my amazing friends, Dennis. I don't want to butcher an introduction, so why don't you just introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So uh, one, thank you for the opportunity. Like, I'm so excited mm-hmm. for us to like just chop it up and, and mm-hmm. put some good things out into the world. Um, so my name is Dennis Martin. Uh, I go by Dennis Ray. Ray is my middle name, which I just like the way that flows. Uh, and honestly, I'm just on my own journey as we all are, right? I'm just on my journey to figure out who I am, what I'm here to accomplish, what I'm here to give to the world and, uh, hopefully die empty, you know, just given everything that I was sent here that I came here to give, uh, and it's unfolding pretty beautifully at the moment. So I'm excited about life right now. I love that. That's so inspirational, especially because so many people are on their journeys pouring into themselves, which is exactly what we should be. I feel like you're at the point where you're like the inner work, you've come to a great place where now you just want to give it all to everybody. And that's, that's beautiful. That's very beautiful. So thank you. You're, you don't have to hope you're doing an amazing job because I see you all the time especially on Instagram, which is where we connected. I don't even remember how it happened. I just remember, yeah, I just remember coming across your profile and I was like, this guy is awakened. This guy is conscious. And that's, that's why I wanted to have you on here because I was like, I, especially November being men's health month. um, And I think mental health is especially important. I obviously have two psychology degrees, so it's very important to me, but That's why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because it's something that our society is working through, men specifically, with showing your emotions and being aware of your emotions and and all of that. So what would you say if somebody came to you, a man specifically, and was struggling? What would be your biggest takeaways from what you've learned? Well, um, honestly, the first thing I would say is that it's normal. Right. And that we all have our struggles, like no matter what point you're at 
on a journey, like the struggle is, 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 is going to be there because every level on the journey, there's something else to overcome in order to tap into the next level. Right. So I think the first part is just making uh, the masculine in particular feel safe to express that they're going through something or that they're feeling a certain type of way. Right. And, and once we've established that, then we can actually get into, well, well, what's it about? What are you feeling? What's coming up and the why? But, you know, before before we can even get into that stuff, we have to first kind of set the foundation for for men to feel, because, as you said, um, it's not something that um, many men have or are tapping into. And honestly, as a society, we haven't created that space that allows for men to to do those things, have those conversations, feel those feelings. Right. So I think that that's like the baseline of where we have to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, and when you say space for the masculine to feel safe, I get a feel for what you mean. But for somebody who maybe not is not as spiritually inclined, what would you how would you how would you explain that? Yeah. So one, just let's just talk about vulnerability for a second. Right. Um, vulnerability historically, I don't think is a trait that has been um emphasized or that has been trying to find the exact word that I'm looking for, but it's not, it's not a characteristic that, you know, women seek men out for, I think, Mm -hmm. um, at least it's not the one that is portrayed. Right. So, you know, and, and here's the thing, and this is the thing we need to talk about this. I feel like a lot of what men do is geared towards women. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, women, whether consciously or unconsciously, kind of set the tone for the standard of men. And I know that that's a heavy statement, but if women like the way a man dress, uh, a man dresses, a man will dress more like that more often. Mm -hmm. Right. Because from a man's perspective, majority of what we do is to attract, you know, uh, women or the feminine energy. Right. And so, again, going back to vulnerability, like it hasn't been put out there that that is an attractive quality Mm. for men. Right. And so I think that that's one of the reasons that we haven't like started tapping into that because we don't see the value in doing it. Right. And I think there's tremendous, you know, tremendous value in doing that work. But I think one of the easiest ways for us to kind of turn that corner is for um, people to start talking about how attractive it is for a man to be vulnerable and how that is more manly than, you know, muscles or more manly than, you know, all of the other things that we quote unquote identify manhood as. Right. And I think the more that we start to have that conversation, that's what I mean when I say like create a space where men can feel safe to actually feel that as an emotion and express that. Um, and, you know, even in, some relationships like that vulnerability still isn't there because as a society, we haven't fostered that, that space. So did that answer the question? I don't even remember what the question was, but everything you said (laughs) was perfect because it, it really is so true, especially when we think about like biologically and from an evolutionary standpoint, like humans are wired for what we see, like everything that we see, that's our most important physical sense, if you will. And the whole like attraction thing is so true because when we think about, when we think about like a quote unquote strong man, 
just like what you said, like muscular dressing a certain way, whatever, every person has their own um, Mm -hmm. specific characteristics, but a lot of people associate vulnerability with weakness. So that's Mm -hmm. the complete opposite of, you know, all of those quote unquote attractive characteristics. Although vulnerability is not weakness. A lot of people mistake it for weakness. They're not the same thing. Um, And have you found that you've always been vulnerable with yourself, with other people, or is it something that you started working on later down the line? I wish I could say that I had, you know, this was a characteristic that I've embodied my whole life, but hell no, I had to do a lot of work to get here. And honestly, um, there are still some pieces of me that I don't share, right? There are still some aspects of myself that I'm learning about and still mustering up the courage to be vulnerable about. So I think that there's levels to it, but no, it's not something that I've always embodied. Uh, To be honest, one of the things that helped me realize it was having a son. Um, My son is my greatest teacher um, and raising him has completely changed my life. Um, And I see in my son characteristics that I saw in myself when I was his age, you know, as a child. One of those is just being pure, unconditional love. My son is six years old and like he is just a fountain of love. Like he just wants to give it away and he wants to help everybody. He's concerned about everybody. And like, I used to have that as a kid. And unfortunately, you know, I was in an environment where probably like most people where that isn't manly and that isn't, you know, it makes you all of the things that you probably don't want to be when you're trying to fit in, right? It makes you soft or it makes you too feminine or it makes you any of these other labels. And so I learned to shut that part of me off um, for a very long time, (laughs) like until my like early to mid thirties, I shut that part of myself off. And then, you know, as I saw my son coming into his own, I'm like, hold on, that's more of what the world needs. You know, the world needs more love. And like, we shouldn't cut that off from people. We should encourage that. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started living it and kind of re-embodying it in myself. You know, I, it was like a switch, you know, you had turned it off and kind of dimmed your light, if you will. And then you just one day decide to flip it back on and just be the love that we all were when we originally came here before the world started, like stripping it away from us and telling us, you know, it's not okay. Yeah. Well, no, that's beautiful. I love seeing anytime you post on Instagram, your son, I'm like, uh, cause he, I can just see like little Dennis in him which is exactly what you're saying. But the reason I asked if you feel like you've always been able to be vulnerable is because you do such a good job of it. And it seems like something that comes natural to you and something that you've been doing for a long time, whether it's been your whole life or not, but it's just, it goes to show people that you have the power to change yourself at any moment. And you don't have to have always done something a certain way to be a different person, right? And you don't have, especially men, like I feel like a lot of men, obviously I'm a woman, so I'm not going to say that I know what it's like, but a lot of men hide certain parts of themselves so that they don't have to be this, like whatever they believe they have to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, a hundred percent. And thank you for that. Hearing that makes me want to be even more vulnerable. You know, it makes me just want to kind of, you know, open my heart more. And again, it's a journey. And I think that anywhere that, you know, a man can start on that scale of being vulnerable, whether that's with yourself, whether that's with your child, whether that's with your 
uh, partner, whoever that is, wherever you can start to kind of peel back some of those layers. I think to your point, people will see it, people will respect it and appreciate it. And it is a very valuable trait, particularly in um, a very turbulent world that we're in right now. Yeah, no, that's a great point too. So what would you recommend some like starting points for somebody who wants to be more in their emotions and vulnerable and just, you know, letting it all come through? Ooh, this conversation is so timely. <laughs> so mm-hmm. timely. Um, I think there are a number of good starting points. Um, I, I'm going to give you one that's kind of heavy, but I think has uh, immense value. And that is therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm in therapy right now. Just started probably about a month, month or two ago. But the value in therapy for me, you know, when we talk about vulnerability, um, it's important for us to understand why we are the way we are, right? Why do we do the things that we do? Why do we behave the way we behave? Why do we want the things we want? Like these are all very important questions that I don't feel like many people ever stop and take the time to study, right? Why do I even believe the things that I believe? And so I think as you start diving into those questions, I think, you know, the vulnerability starts to come out of that because you have to be vulnerable in that exploration, right? And Mm -hmm. before you can like be vulnerable and share things with people, you have to first be vulnerable with yourself and be willing to like identify the pieces of you that may be hurt or identify the pieces of you that may be angry or whatever that emotion feels like. So we have to explore ourselves and that exploration in itself is a very vulnerable journey because many times things are coming up that we have been pushing off or avoiding you know and so it takes vulnerability just to kind of open that door exactly yeah shadow work is a huge part of the journey and coming to love your shadows and understanding that it's okay for you to have certain feelings or experiences or traumas that are not you know, love and light, not happiness and all of those quote unquote high vibrations that everybody says that we have to remain on because it's that, you know, up and down the wave, the roller coaster. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Therapy is amazing. Um, What would you say to, I mean, specifically a man who Mm -hmm. has had a trauma in the past, maybe with opening up to somebody and they didn't receive it well, or just like you said about not being accepted to be open maybe as a child, what would you say to that? One, I'm sorry that that experience happened, you know, because again, when you finally muster up the courage to be vulnerable and then you try to do it with someone and it's not well received, like it can really set you back, right? But I I, I think it's such an important question because you have to be careful who you're being vulnerable with, right? Because some people will take that and, you know, use it against you or some people simply may not understand where you're coming from. And this is why, you know, again, I think a a therapist is good, a therapist or coach or any neutral third party, right? Somebody who's not listening to judge you, somebody who's not listening to solve your problems, right? Somebody who's simply holding space for you, giving you the opportunity to talk about how you felt or how that may have impacted you and hopefully ask questions that will allow you to explore that for yourself as well, right? But that's that's the value that I see in that neutral third party, as opposed to trying to talk to maybe a family member or a friend about it. 
um, you know, the additional benefit of a therapist is right. They've been trained on how to hold this space for you. They've been trained on uh, being non-judgmental. They've been trained on questions to ask to pull more information out of you. So I think there's immense value in, in uh, making sure that you're talking to the right person, particularly a professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I obviously I agree with given my background and that third party is exactly what you said. So important because there's no agenda. And I feel especially for people who have those wounds and who have trauma opening up in the past, even if you're with somebody who has no agenda, you're subconsciously like, well, okay, what's their agenda? If I open up to them, you know, they're going to do this and that. And the third versus with a therapist or anyone, like you said, third party that doesn't have really doesn't know anything about you other than what you're telling them. There's no agenda, but even opening up to a therapist is difficult because you still have that, especially trust issues of like, okay, well, are they going to think I'm crazy or are they, you know, all of those different things. And that's why these conversations that we have are so important because I feel like now more than ever, we're really understanding how important it is to understand ourselves. Yeah, completely. Can I add one more thing to that? Of course, of course. Yeah, I think, you know, in identifying who you want to talk to, whether it's a therapist or anybody else, I think, you know, what I did was made a list of the qualities that I was looking for in a therapist, right? What's, what are the things that would make me feel safe to open up? Um, you know, what are the qualities that I want to embody that maybe this therapist has, right? So make a list of the things that you want, because even with therapists, right? And I think this is important to talk about because some people may have had a bad experience with therapy, or maybe they tried to talk to somebody and they didn't like that feel. It's just like a doctor. It's just like a trainer. Sometimes you have to, it's just like a preacher, you know, sometimes you have to like try different people out until you Mm -hmm. find one that you feel like you resonate with. And then when you find one that you feel like you resonate with, one, you're going to be so happy, but that will also create that sense of safety. Like, okay, I found my person. I can open up and I'm safe here, you know? And sometimes it may take finding the wrong people until you find the right person. But once you do, it's so worth it. Yeah, I agree. It's like dating around. You have Mm -hmm. to, you know, you have to find, you have to shop around and find who you resonate with. So yeah, I agree with that. That's a great point. So what would you say to somebody who may not be ready for therapy? Like what could be some things, especially as a man that they can do to be more vulnerable or just open with their emotions? Yeah, great question. And so I'll kind of like do a step down, if you Mm -hmm. will. So um, if you are not ready for a therapist, understand that there are other people out there who are also trained to help you. Right. Uh, I know there's costs associated with therapy. People may not have the insurance. Um, et cetera, right? There are coaches out there that can help you, counselors, um, different levels of individuals that are still trained and ready to hold space for you, depending on what your particular issues are. If there is a trauma associated with your past, then I think, you know, I would prioritize putting a therapist at the top of that list because trauma is something different than than other life circumstances. But um, I think there are a number of other trained individuals who are ready to hold that space and and give you that opportunity. But I think, you know, again, step one is being vulnerable with yourself, admitting where you need help, you know, or what's not working in my life, what would I like for it to be different? And then hopefully, you know, you have friends that you can 
be vulnerable enough and, and y'all are having those open and vulnerable conversations. If you're not, you know, honestly, I would suggest, you know, doing a recalibration of your circle, mm, you know, yeah. um, if you're not in a circle where you all can have that, those levels of conversation. Um, but, you know, start with a trusted friend. You know, the, the main thing is if you're going through something, make sure that you have somebody to talk to, you know, whether that be like a helpline, you know, if you feel like that may be something that you need or if there's like a, a close friend or someone, because I think one of the most important things is just like to not carry it alone. Mm -hmm. Right. And so finding somebody that can walk with you on that journey um, is, is helpful. And, and I do want to emphasize walk with you on that journey, not solve your problems. Right. Like you don't want to talk to a problem solver, somebody who's just going to take it from you and fix it. Because ultimately, that's just going to bring you back around to where you are because you haven't done the work to resolve the things that you're feeling, mm -hmm. you know. But yeah, hopefully you have somebody in your life that you can start to talk to. I'll tell you something. Kids are a great resource for this because <laughs> kids, um, one, there's unconditional love there, you know, and two, there is um, kids are usually pretty, you know, direct in their advice and their opinion or something like that so that may even be like a safe space where you feel like hey this there's something that I want to talk to you about like let's talk about this mm -hmm. yeah they we have so much to learn from kids like adults oh we could take so many notes um but I really like what you said about number one not finding someone who's going to be a problem solver but somebody to walk alongside you and then also reevaluating the people around you because we are our relationships, right? Like the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our relationships. And, and I feel like that's where so many people fall short is feeling like they don't have someone that they can go to, or the people that they are around would not be conducive to opening up around them. So how would you, how would you recommend if someone finds themselves in a situation where they don't see many people around them, getting through the whole, you know, finding a new group of friends or finding a new person just mentally, because it can be a lot when you are shedding all of the people in your life. Cause that happens to so many people who especially start their spiritual journey. And they're like, wow, I'm a completely different person and nobody around me understands me. So how would you say, you know, so maybe if you've experienced it, what you've done to help yourself cope with that? Yeah, <laughs> really good question. Um, I'll tell you my secret sauce and I believe this with my whole heart, but I believe we can call in the assistance that we need. Right. If we set the intention and like, yo, I really need somebody to talk to. I really have some things that I need to work through like God, universe, source, whatever you call that greater power, like send me somebody, send me some help, whether that be a friend, whether that be a counselor, whether that be whoever, send the person my way to help me work through these things. Right. And the opposite side of that, like, God, also, I'm realizing that I'm around a group of people that aren't really conducive to my growth. I love them. But also, can you help me put some distance here? You know what I'm saying? And it's just like a natural separation. And when you call in that kind of assistance, I can't explain it to you, but things start happening. People start removing themselves from your life and the right people start to come into your life, right? And then you start finding yourself in new circles, new friends, new conversations. So I think it's about setting the intention and, and asking for assistance and those things will, will come to you. 
And then going back to, you know, our introduction, there's also some really good people that you meet online or through different um, avenues that honestly love you and will hold space for you probably better than most people in your life, you know? And so don't close yourself off to how new relationships can come to you, mm -hmm. you know? Cause a lot of people say, well, I wouldn't reach out to somebody on this platform or that platform. Do not close yourself off to how God can like send people into your life. Cause you know, Instagram can bring beautiful people to you, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think those are a couple of ways that you can go about finding a, a new circle. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have more friends online than I do in person. And I never yeah. thought I would say that. I never thought that social media would bring me people who are like me, just personality wise or belief wise of anything. So I highly agree with you. And there, I know there's so much negativity around social media because of how it is created and, you know, the marketing and all of the money that ties into it. But if you curate your social media to be exactly what you're saying of finding people around you or just energy, you know, positive energy that you surround yourself with. It doesn't have to be social media. doesn't have to be this terrible, bad thing because I know so many people are closed off to finding for lack of a better word, help on social media, but like truly I found, I mean, I found you, I found so many other people that like, I would, I would drop everything and go find that person tomorrow because that's how close I am with them now. Yeah, completely agree. I think friendships can come in new and amazing ways. It could be a stranger that you meet at, you know, the gym or Starbucks or wherever it could be somebody online. I think, um, I think when you start asking in particular, you know, the, the right people will, exactly. will come to you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that being said, because I'm sure there are people who listen to my podcast who are not as spiritual, but how much would you say that your spiritual journey has helped your growth with being emotional and vulnerable with yourself? Uh, I don't even have words to tell you <laughs> like a hundred percent because before I started this journey, like I was, I was still a, a whole person, right? I had a successful career. Um, you know, I had friends, a good life, you know, et cetera. So things were going pretty well for me, but once I started to evolve spiritually, I just felt like I went from level A to level like, see it was just like boom you know and with that kind of growth comes again it comes to vulnerability but you, you really start paying attention well why am i doing this why am i why do i keep repeating this pattern you know or again why do i want the things that i want and i think spiritually when you start to answer those questions that's how you continue to evolve right it's how you start to eliminate patterns that aren't serving you it's how you start to uh, identify and eliminate uh, programs or limiting beliefs that aren't are no longer serving you and that journey in itself listen like you'll you'll start to understand yourself a lot better and when you understand yourself better then you can get to where you're trying to get to as opposed to being controlled subconsciously by mm -hmm. your patterns or behaviors because that's exactly what it is when you don't evaluate what you're doing, you'll be running on old programs. It's Bingo. just that simple. It's just that simple. So what does spirituality mean to you? To, to Dennis Ray, 
what is your definition of spirituality? Yeah, whew, good question. I, I'll be honest and say, uh, I think it's an ever evolving definition, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I'll give you where I'm at today. But I, I think the number one purpose of life, even though this is not what we've been taught, I think the number one purpose of life is enlightenment, right? And enlightenment has a number of synonyms, right? It's enlightenment, it's self-realization, self-actualization, it's being born again. It's all of these things, right? But that is the ultimate goal. To me, that that is spirituality where like I'm seeking a relationship with God. I'm seeking a relationship to my higher self, not just like the best version of myself, mm -hmm. but like the ultimate version of myself or who I was before I came here to earth. Right. And really sinking back up with that person. So I think it's just like a. Uh, you know, the meaning of yoga is union, right? And it's the perfect balance of body, mind, and spirit. Mm -hmm. And and the um, aspiration to that. So that's kind of what it means to me. That's where I'm at right now. But like I said, when I first started, you know, my definition of spirituality was just coming back to myself again. Who was that childlike Dennis? before the world started stripping shit away and started telling me that this is okay and this is not, and this is what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to want to have. Like when we eliminate all of that, who was I before that programming, you know, and coming back home to that. And that has like opened up everything else. Beautiful. Mic drop. I could stop it there. I could really just stop. <laughs> like that could be the ending. I'm not going to, because this is such a great conversation. Um, I loved, I loved all of that, especially the, the coming home to yourself and, and really like blocking out the outside noise, because I think especially it's be, it's a trend now in our society, which is a great thing to be on a path to bettering yourself, personal growth, personal development, whether it includes spirituality or not, because it doesn't always mm -hmm. have to, mm -hmm. um, but that journey you can't, you can't get to what you're saying is your ultimate self without doing all of these very, very uncomfortable things. Because like we said earlier, it goes up and it goes down. It's a wave, but you won't, you won't get to that ultimate self until you start doing the things that make you very, very uncomfortable. And that's why I think, especially for men, it's important to, to open this conversation of how to be vulnerable and how to open up and how to not be embarrassed. Because I feel like so many men, when they aren't feeling strong or they aren't feeling their best, it's like embarrassing. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Because, because again, you know, it's embarrassing because it's not attractive, right? Mm -hmm. It's not attractive for us to not be okay. It's not attractive for us to have our, you know, to not have our life together, you know, who would ever want me if my life wasn't together in this area, right? So yeah, I think it's a huge part of the embarrassment of, of not being okay. Mm -hmm. And that also goes back to the whole, oh, what was I going to say? I just lost it. Oh, the, it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning of your spiritual journey, where you're coming back to yourself, because at the end of the day, this is how I view my personal growth journey is, no matter what happens in my journey, as long as I'm okay with it and I feel good, then it doesn't matter. Um, obviously men have a different 
purpose and a role in the divine union that we have all of us but it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter if nobody likes you because really it's none of your business what anyone else's opinion of you is bingo and i think that that's that's the ultimate i think that that's the ultimate goal you know and i think that this is one reason why we see a more women kind of dabbling in the spiritual space than men um, is because, again, women usually do the work in terms of stopping dating, stopping doing, you know, and just really focus on themselves and understanding who they are and what do they want and developing that, that attitude that you just spoke of, like, yo, I don't care what anybody else thinks about what I want. It's what I want, you know, it's what I feel. And I think Many men, we like as men, we don't take that space. You know what I'm saying? We don't take time away from dating, <laughs> you know, to like focus and find ourselves. You know, um, it's more like we've been pointing in a direction and we just go full steam in that direction. But I think that that's like such a valuable time to stop. And I think that that's when that mindset comes. Like when you are solid in what you want, then you aren't concerned. You aren't concerned about who wants you or who doesn't. It's just. I'm good because I love myself. Mm. I love what I have and what I want. And I think that that's, you know, we, we have to carve out that space to really identify that and then get solid in that. Mm, 100%. I also think it's, I think it's physically impossible for you not to attract your perfect partner, attract your soul family, abundance, whatever, when you're in your highest vibration, like there's no way that when you are so clear with yourself with what you want and doing all of the work, there's no way that you're ever going to live a life that's not filled with the joy and happiness and all the things you want, but it does take work to get there. Yeah. I'm clapping my hands over here because <laughs> like you, you're spot on. And I feel like that's something that men need to, to hear. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, when you are in your vibration you attract to you everything that you're looking for, not only in terms of a partner, but in terms of finances, in terms of purpose and ter- like when you are who you were created to be, right? Everything else is added to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a beautiful point that you just made. Hey, uh, one thing that I wanted to circle back on mm-hmm. that's still sitting with me is when you asked me for my definition of spirituality, yeah. like, I went very deep and that's like where I'm thinking that's like where I'm at with it right now. I did want to like provide a, an alternative kind of definition of that, that I feel like may resonate with some people. Yeah. And that is like in terms of body, mind, spirit, right. In terms of what spirituality is on earth in this 3d form, we are very like, we are very, um, focused on our physical body, what we look like, what we feel like, the health of this body, making sure that it lasts us throughout this lifetime. Again, most people are really focused on what does it look like, (laughs) right? And then the next piece of that is the mind, right? Like, uh, again, going back to mental health, um, am I okay mentally, right? But the spiritual piece kind of separates those things out. So there's the body, there's the mind, and then there's the soul or the spirit. And the spirit piece is where I feel like, particularly in Western culture, we haven't placed enough emphasis on getting in touch with the spirit, right? Because the spirit is the piece of us that was here before we were born and a piece of us that will live after we die. The spirit is the piece of you that is eternal. 
And most times people don't spend enough time focusing on that spirit piece because we're so focused on our physical body, what it feels like and looks like. Um, now we're starting to get into the mental health aspect as well. But again, body, mind, spirit. If we really talk about it, um, a lot of people, if we're doing any spiritual work at all, a lot of people typically due to religion are only focusing on this spirit piece, maybe an hour a week, mm -hmm. you know, if that's even fulfilling them. And we won't even get into a conversation on religion because that's like a whole nother yeah. topic. But, you know, they're spending like an hour working on this spirit piece, uh, you know, and it's not enough time mm -hmm. to really learn how to connect with the piece of you that will be here even when all of this other stuff moves away. So I just wanted to kind of circle back on that definition. Yeah, that was, that was beautiful. I got chills the entire way through and it's so true because we're so limited. Like I said earlier, we, we use our eyes as our, our biggest, you know, physical sense that gives us the most information when really, if we would learn to use our spiritual senses, we would gain so much more. I saw this, um, I saw this, I think it was a tweet, but it was on Instagram and it said that it says something along the lines of if we could see each other's auras, some of you would be fucked. And Bingo. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a beautiful way to look at it. And, and, and because this is, this is like the essence of life right here. Again, we're so identified with like this 3d body that we get caught up in like how fat we are, how tall we are, what's the color of our skin. And like all of these other things mm -hmm. that divide us when at the end of the day, our essence we are a spirit. So this stuff that we focus on, that doesn't really matter. That's, that is fading. That won't last. The spirit lasts forever. And a, and a lot of people aren't doing like the spiritual work. And it's that what you said, like, what's your energy like? <laughs> like, what would you look like outside of this body? Like, what is that? What does that person look like? Do you like that person? Is that who you want to be? So I feel like the more we can focus on that, I feel like the more we will all start to see the oneness that is in us all, you know, masculine, feminine, doesn't matter. It's like spirit. We're all spirits, right? And there's value in, in understanding that and making sure that we're putting effort in to be the best spirit that we can be. Exactly. Especially in it. I mean, it's all coming full circle like it always does, but especially with just what you were saying, like everyone has masculine and feminine inside of them, mm -hmm. whether or not mm -hmm. we are, you know, embodied as a man or a woman or whatever, even if you identify with something different, then that's totally cool too. But what you said about doing the spiritual work, like, I feel that so many people are not in a good place in life because they haven't done work that will catalyze them to where they want to be. Like I, especially when we're talking about men and women and romance, like I know so many people who would feel so fulfilled if they had a partner or if they were in a relationship, but it's like, you have to reverse engineer that and you can't just, you know, one day wake up and I mean, you can one day wake up and it'd be there, but for the most part, I know so many people who are quote unquote unhappy in life because they don't feel fulfilled in that way. Monica, I feel like we, we just need to start another podcast <laughs> <laughs> because like we're going into some topics, but like I a hundred percent completely agree with you. Uh, many people 
are so focused on finding love, on finding happiness and fulfillment in another person that they completely miss finding it in themselves. And like, this is what it means when like Jesus was talking about like the kingdom of heaven is within, you know, but particularly in Western culture, we haven't been focused on the within piece because we're so focused on the outside piece, right? My husband or my wife will um, make me feel loved and happy or my kids or having this family or this house or this whatever, like will make me feel, you know, and it, it's not all our fault, right? We've been programmed that way. Right. We've been pointed in that direction. And it's all that many people are focused on. And to your point, when we start to reverse engineer that and focus on what's inside, all of those other things will be attracted to us and they'll be so much better than we ever envisioned them to be. Exactly. So that's a message for anybody listening. If you feel like you need something outside of yourself to fulfill yourself, it's time to go within. I will say one point that I did want to circle back on because I mentioned talking to your kids about you know, vulnerability and open up, opening up. And I just wanted to give an example of what that looks like, you know, but uh, sharing your fears with your kids, uh, just a quick example, like my son is great at making friends, right? <laughs> like I can't take this dude anywhere without him <laughs> making friends. I, I can't even explain it. And so like we have conversations cause he'll ask me like, daddy, why don't you, <laughs> why don't you make friends like that? Why don't you? And I'm like, well, son, you know, um, you know, I have a fear of like sparking conversation with strangers or just as an example, whatever that may look like. Right. And so I'm being vulnerable and showing my son like this is an area that I'm uncomfortable in. Right. And, you know, then he starts coaching me up. He starts <laughs> tips on like how to make friends. Right. But the, the point of this is you can be vulnerable with your kids. It is good for them to see that you aren't perfect in everything, that you don't have everything all figured out. It's also good to build them up in areas that they're strong in, right? And so that you all can start to kind of take this journey where you create an open, honest relationship and say, here's where I'm at on this topic. Um, and here's where I'm trying to go. And so I just found like, that's a really good way to like, again, just kind of start being vulnerable with somebody, start accepting or, or communicating where you need help, where you need assistance. Because at the end of the day, we're all spirits, just like what you said. Um, yeah. Talk about bringing it to a circle. <laughs> yeah. And there's so much value in those little spirits because those little spirits are still closer to that, yep. that, that, God contact, you know, like they just got here. Yeah, you know, we, haven't pulled, <laughs> we haven't pulled all of it out of them yet. So the more we can tap into that, the better. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let everybody know where they can find you, where they can come in contact with you. Yeah, sure. So on IG, you can find me at that's Dennis Ray, T-H-A-T-S, Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S, uh, Ray, R-A-Y. You can hit me up on there. Um, if you want to contact me via email, it's dennis.martin1911 at gmail.com. Okay, awesome. And I'll leave that in the notes too for the podcast. So if anybody uh, wants to just copy and paste, they can do that too. Yeah, perfect. Thank you for inviting me to speak. I'm so excited to like uh, hear the final episode and, uh, you know, spread, spread the love. Of course. Thank you for being on. I guess that's all, even though... I don't want to end it, but I'm going to end it here. We can always get on another episode too.
Yeah, no doubt. There'll be plenty of opportunities. Well, I will talk to you soon then. Have an amazing day. All right. Same to you.